0: It may not be a snow globe, but hey, we'll take it. This is way over our heads, a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, how you doing?
1: Ooh, happy solstice yesterday. <laughs> yes. There, Jim. And, uh, you know, it's winter. I I'm pretty excited. How about you? How are you doing?
0: I am very excited, Kenny. I, I'm trying to salvage these remaining days of 2020 and using them as a platform, a platform to spring into a new year of hope. And boy, do I need that for my own mental health, and I suspect a lot of us do. So um, hey, let's let's make the best of the the waning days of December and look forward to a better 2021.
1: I mean, 2021, you know, I think we've got, we have a lot riding on this somewhat arbitrary turning of the calendar, don't we? We do indeed. I mean, let's be honest, 2021 is going to start off rough. I mean. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's going to still be dark. It's going to be winter. There's all this sickness and uh, all the other uncertainty and mayhem, but I think what we're all kind of Baking on is that as the days start to get longer and the sun gets brighter and some of these some of these uh some of the mayhem kind of changes or quiets down and health slowly gets restored in uh, many many <laughs> many facets uh we're hoping right
0: absolutely kenny so let's keep our fingers crossed on 2021 but uh Let's talk about what remains of 2020, and um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the chances historically of a white Christmas in the Twin Cities and in much of Minnesota, and it looks like a white Christmas may be knocking on our door.
1: Yeah, how about that? (laughs) So so you grew up in Minnesota, right? So I'll just let, you know, if people didn't deduce from my kind of fake New York accent, (laughs) um, or from my last name, I'm a Jewish kid. I grew up Jewish here in Minnesota. And, uh, so I like Christmas. I think it's a great, it's a wonderful time of year, but it doesn't have the same meaning for me and my family that it has for uh, a lot of other Minnesotans. And I had to kind of, you know, as a kid learn, to appreciate the the whole of the season because it would just <laughs> otherwise it just kind of overwhelms you. But so I was interested you grew up in Minnesota, Jim. What was did, was your expectation? I mean, I know it never it didn't come every year, but was your expectation that you'd have snow on Christmas, that it would be a white Christmas?
0: I would say it was my expectation and what's funny Kenny is I can't remember many actually any Christmas, at least probably for the first seven, eight years of my life, where it wasn't a white Christmas. Now, that may not be true. I mean, that was a long time ago, and my memory may be uh, fading of some of those years. But it seems to me there was always snow, at least in my, the memories I have of my childhood, there was always snow on Christmas Day.
1: So, so this is the thing that I've often kind of wondered about. When, when Bing Crosby uh, sings about the White Christmas, I, I was wondering, does it count if you're kind of saved at the buzzer and you get a last minute snowstorm or snowfall and you end up with an inch or two on the ground, but it doesn't come until, you know, 48 hours before or right before Christmas? Or is part of it also that expectation that in the weeks leading up, you know, as people are putting up their lights and, you you know, in a normal year, you're kind of out and about and you're seeing all the shops and the street scenes. Is there kind of an expectation that that period is also snowy? I mean, how far before Christmas does the kind of, does the snow-filled landscape have to reach?
0: Boy, Kenny, that's an interesting question. I would say, ideally, it's nice to have some snow Leading up to Christmas. I don't know if there's an arbitrary period of time where, you know, it's optimal for you to have snow to make it indeed seem like a truly white Christmas. But uh, yeah, I mean, getting it at the buzzer, as you say, or, or tossing the meteorological Hail Mary pass that is miraculously caught... I think that saves the concept of a white Christmas, but maybe not the spirit of it. I, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know where I'm going with this, but it seems to me as a kid, I always liked the idea of snow leading up to Christmas. And part of it was because back in those days, I was not a winter disliker. I embraced winter. I loved going outside. I loved going ice skating. And that was part of the charm of winter break is that you had two weeks to take advantage of the snow the winter, go skating, have fun. And uh, that's why I would rather had snow preceding Christmas Day, especially depending upon where it fell in that two-week period. But Mm -hmm. you know what? Hey, this year,
1: I'll take the shot at the buzzer. Sure. Well, I think that's what we're going to get, Jim. (laughs) Um, You know, if you look at a current, so the sort of white Christmas is already in the bag and locked up over about the northern third or so of Minnesota basically Duluth westward and northward that that area has received enough snow now it's relatively fresh snow and uh, you know maybe some exceptions as you get maybe towards the Fargo-Moorhead area but but most of northern Minnesota has at least an inch of snow on the ground and in some cases several inches of snow on the ground. So that's a, that's a recent development, but the the real, the buzzer shot is, you know, we we've been watching a weather system. And by we, I mean, those of us who either kind of watch forecasts regularly or who make forecasts and especially, you know, professional forecasters for almost two weeks, some of the weather models have advertised that there would be a system coming through the area on the 23rd of December. Now, initially, when this thing showed up on the weather models, uh, it looked kind of like a, a Midwestern snowstorm. And then there was about a one-week period where it was nowhere in the region, but it still existed. It was off to the east and off to the south, and and there wasn't much going on. And in the last couple of days, it's gotten renewed life. Yeah, we got a pretty good snowstorm that's gonna hit parts of Minnesota. Um, And really Jim, what's actually most (laughs) concerning about this is, you know, you you teased it. It's not that kind of snow globe. I actually remember a couple of years where we didn't have much snow and then Christmas Eve, Christmas day, you get that kind of fluffy, you know, inch or two and it falls sort of gently and it looks almost, that's really magical. I mean, that's a really lovely scene. (laughs) Uh, it's not, not going to be anything like that. We are going to have a pretty fierce cold front come through on, uh, on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning, and the temperatures are going to fall by you know, up to 40, 45 degrees. So we're going to fall out of the low 40s, or, which we'll reach on Tuesday, and we'll kind of hang out in the upper 30s and low 40s for much of Tuesday evening and overnight. And then boom, this cold front comes through and it's going to come with roaring winds. Western Minnesota, will see winds 30, 35 miles an hour. And that's before you figure in the gusts. The gusts are probably going to hit 40, 45, even 50 miles an hour. Now, when you drop snow into that, it's more like a frenzy. It's not really a gentle snow globe. It's going to actually be pretty dangerous on the open roads in outstate Minnesota on Wednesday. So this is Wednesday the 23rd. And some of the heaviest snow could even sneak into the Twin Cities. I mean, right now, you know, because there have been some changes in the forecast models, and this is actually a really complicated weather system. It has some extra ingredients that not all winter storms have and basically it's a kind of a fusing or a phasing of two different streams of energy. One of those streams of energy is carrying moisture and the other stream is what's delivering the cold air and there's still a little bit of uncertainty about where those two streams are going to come together and where that phasing of them is going to occur but it could, it could wind up producing heavy snow right across the Twin Cities. Right now, it looks like the most likely area for heavy snow might be just outside of the Twin Cities to the north and west and then up into the Arrowhead of Minnesota. But really, almost the whole state is in play for some accumulating snow and maybe even some heavy accumulating snow. And again, that would be with strong gusty winds, and we would be talking about whiteout conditions on some of the open roads. The one area where I wouldn't say they're totally out of the woods, but where this appears a lot less likely would be far southeastern Minnesota and also parts of far western Minnesota out by that that hump, uh, you know, near Ortonville and right on the South Dakota border. Some of those areas might not get much in the way of wintry precipitation. And then down by Rochester and Caledonia and Winona, I think there's probably going to be uh, enough warm air in place when the storm is getting down to business, and maybe even some dry air wrapping into those areas that I wouldn't expect real heavy snow there. But they could get some snow, but uh, the better chances for accumulating snow would be Twin Cities and especially north of the Twin Cities, where it, you know it could have several inches, uh, and maybe even you know maybe even approaching double digit inch totals in some areas. But I think, again, the big story is really going to be the wind and the snow. It's a kind of turned into a winter storm. So the biggest threats from this, Kenny, obviously
0: there could be limited visibility in the heavy snow, which is wind-driven. And also, I would imagine with that wind and the plunging temperatures, uh, wind chills
1: could get dangerous as well. Yeah, that's right. It's, you know, again, by sort of historical standards, this cold air isn't that unusual, but this will be the coldest air we've had this season. And because it's been two months since we've had snow in some areas, uh, it's going to really kind of be a shock. So pretty good winter storm. Uh, The winds are definitely a hazard. The wind chills will be a hazard. The falling temperatures. I mean, when you fall out of the upper 30s, through the 20s into the teens, and even through the teens in just a matter of hours, it's pretty noticeable. And if there happens to be snow falling during that temperature drop, it it can, it can make it kind of surreal. And that's the part of me where it starts to, you know, that possibility starts to activate the the dreaming part of my mind, kind of the the fantasy of like, oh well, this could be quite a you know, uh, you know, a year defining or a year end defining snowstorm, and I don't want to get too carried away with that. It certainly has enough ingredients where we could be talking about strong, uh, strong winds blowing some moderate to heavy snow around, and and again, I think whiteout conditions in rural areas. But it remains to be seen how much of that gets into, say, the the Twin Cities. But if you, for whatever reason, are planning on driving north and west on Wednesday, be very careful. The conditions could, I'm just going to say, they could suck. And uh, another thing, you know, because of the warm air in place, before that cold front comes through, we might actually see some drizzle. And then as the temperatures drop, that provides kind of a nasty undercoating. So just, you know. Be careful if you are driving. This is all Wednesday, the 23rd. The snow will move out by Wednesday night. And on Thursday morning, Christmas Eve, you'll wake up. It'll be much colder than it's been this year. Uh, The winds will start to back off. We'll have one kind of cold day. And Christmas Eve will be cold. And by, by Christmas Day, temperatures will start rebounding. I don't know if we'll go back to where we've been for a while yet, but we'll we'll climb out of that really cold snap pretty quickly. It's going to be a, a quick hit into the cold and then we're out.
0: And Kenny, you said this storm uh, was complicated and somewhat unusual. So I take it it's not a Colorado low. It's not an Alberta clipper. Is it something, a mixture of those or in between or
1: where does yeah. it fall? Yeah, it actually is. So my colleague, Pete Boulet, he refers to these as west to east storms. Uh, I think back when I used to study wintertime cyclones, they sometimes were just named for the states where they appear to originate and these tend to originate in Wyoming or Montana. So they're often called Wyoming lows, but yeah, it's a little different in that it's not coming out of the panhandle and it's not coming out of the prairies of Canada. And that west to east trajectory Uh, does pose some difficulties because when you have a storm coming out of the Northwest, it's very clear where the cold air is coming from. And when you have one coming from the Southwest, it's very easy to bring up moisture. And when you have one moving from West to East, you kind of combine all of those. You have a reasonable amount of moisture that gets pulled into the system, but maybe not as much if the thing is swooping way down towards the Gulf of Mexico. And then you also have a reasonable amount of cold air behind it. And as that storm moves east to west, it's it's possible for some areas to kind of see everything, warm air, drizzle, then cold air. And one of the things that we're missing, you know, most of the time, if you're going to get heavy snow, it's because the low pressure system is approaching your, you and you're sitting there out in front of it and the air is just cold enough. Yeah, there's going to be about a foot of snow falling, you know, on the Canadian side of the international border. So you go north of the Rainy River and it's going to be snowing real hard beginning tonight and Wednesday morning. But that whole time, Minnesota is going to be sitting in warm air. It's going to be too, too warm for for snow in those areas.
0: Well, Kenny, this isn't a historical storm by any measure. And we've talked about this numerous times before. But, you know, for those of us who are of a certain age we have memories of uh, winters past, and it seems for many of us, the memories of winters past, at least in recent years, don't match the memories of winters past, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. How much of what we are seeing here in terms of what appears to be moderating winters, um, how much is that an uh, effect of climate change?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, so this winter we've been really mild and I'm not able to say that this winter we're mild because of climate change, because, you know, when you're in a season, you can look at the weather patterns and it's the weather patterns that determine the weather that you get. It's that when you start putting years together that you see these larger patterns emerge. So, you know it's absolutely factual that Minnesota's winters have become warmer over the past several decades. Uh, Basically five degrees of warming since 1970 on average across Minnesota during the winter time. I mean, that's it. So a typical winter day is, you know, on average five degrees warmer than it was about 50 years ago. So that's pretty major warming. Uh, And that is consistent with the, you know, how the, global climate is is changing. It's getting warmer globally. And it actually, there's a really strong relationship between the greenhouse gases that are causing most of the earth's warming and the, the way that we kind of modulate or uh, control our energy budget up here in Minnesota. So we you know, tend to lose the most heat during winter and during night. And that's actually when we're seeing most of our warming. So you know, I can't say for sure that this exact winter is because of climate change, but I can say that climate change in Minnesota has meant as our leading symptom, it has meant has meant warmer winters. And I'll just throw in, Jim, that it's not like winter is gone. I mean, when you and I started this podcast, we started, I don't know, what would two months or three months in, and we were just talking the same way we've been talking about. You know, winter hasn't really started yet. And there were these really warm days in December and even into January. And I think that winter, we set some records for the latest below zero readings in the Twin Cities. And then within a couple of weeks, it shifted. And then we got, you know, six strong weeks of winter and it was severe, but it wasn't like it wasn't the entire winter all of that cold air was kind of, you know, almost countered by the really warm air that had, that had come before it. And that kind of situation is more common. I, you know, it's not necessarily that entire winters are warm. It's that these unwinter like interludes are tending to be more common and they're taking up more and more time on the calendar. Uh, Yeah, it's a a strong climate change signal. We see that. I mean, I know we all think, oh, if if global warming is happening, then we must have hot summers because warmer must equal hotter. But really, our our leading symptom is uh, those warmer winters, much more so than the hot summers. And I know, Jim, that what you'd rather see are the hot summers. So that that must be just a second frustration for you about the change. It is, it is.
0: Well, Kenny, one thing I'm hearing from people this year is that, despite the fact it's been somewhat of a disappointing winter, people are commenting that the ice conditions, especially for skating, seem to be some of the best they've seen in years, simply because there was no snow on the ice, and the ice is, in their words, pristine. So let's talk a little bit about ice and ice safety. We've seen quite a few people out skating, enjoying those nice ice conditions, but, uh, We do know that ice is never 100% safe. What are some guidelines people should consider when they think about venturing out onto the ice?
1: I would say the first one is just remember that there's moving water underneath that ice and that moving water can undermine the stability of the ice at almost any time. So sure, it is rare that in the middle of the winter and in a really cold winter that the ice will just give way but what you said is right. It's it's really never 100 safe. It, you know, my day job. I, I work at the DNR, and we manage the uh, the lake ice in and ice out database. And we have to remind people. This is our job. I mean, you know, ice does not mean ice on the lakes does not mean you are 100 in the clear. It does mean uh, that you know it's been measured. Or been observed to be um, virtually or entirely complete from shore to shore. But the thickness of the ice can vary based on conditions. I will say this year has been a really good year for forming ice. And, you know, in most cases, you know, I'm not gonna go on a lake unless I know it's a foot thick. That's just me, at least a foot thick. And I generally don't go on lakes until later in the winter. And then I, then I feel a lot more comfortable because the ice is more mature once you get into January, assuming it's been cold enough. Bring a backup measure. So if you are out on the ice, bring something to help you get out of the water. If you do fall in. you know, wear brightly colored clothing so you can be spotted if need be, you know, it's always good to go with other people and I think going out alone can be silly Uh, especially when the ice is, when people are still kind of feeling it out. I know that there were dozens, if not more, I mean, maybe even hundreds of people out skating over the weekend. And I think, you know, that feels safe because you see other people and the confirmation is in their success. But just (laughs) remember that most people are working from a lack of information when you're early in the season also. And they're just kind of hoping that this works out really well. And seeing a lot of people doing something does not mean it's safe. Um, And we can look to lemmings for proof of that. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) Well, we do want to
0: point out there's a great resource on ice safety on the state climatology office's website. And we'll post that link on wayoverourheads.com. So, Kenny, another thing we need to talk about is the year winds down. We do this every year, and uh, we talk about the top five weather events of the year, and your office gives folks a chance to vote on those.
1: Yeah, it, and this was quite a year. I mean, e- even though we weren't breaking records for precipitation or for temperature, it was kind of a climatologically not that exciting of a year. It kind of a nice, much-needed break from 2019, we did have a lot of individual events that kind of marked the year. And you could just sort of tick through them. And I think we identified, I don't know, 16 or 17 of them, but we, you know, starting with a, an incredibly cloudy run last January that people might not even remember because it seems like it was so long ago. And we had a couple good April snowstorms, including one on Easter. Uh, then we had a series of heavy rainfall events over the summer, a massive, uh, fatal, and um, highly photogenic tornado out in uh, Otter Tail County in July. We had a mega rain. We had our brush with Tropical Depression Cristobal, the first time that Minnesota's actually had a direct encounter, on record anyway, with a, uh, with a tropical cyclone. We had, uh, and then we had, of course, you know, the snow in October, we had uh, very cold weather in October, and then a quick flip to historically warm conditions in early November. So it's been, it's actually been, even though, you know, climatologically, the year's not going to stand out, but from an individual event standpoint, we had a lot, there was a lot going on. We'll post a link to the State Climatology's Facebook
0: page where you'll have an opportunity to vote on your top five weather events of 2020. Kenny, in a nutshell, what can we expect here as we uh, count down to Christmas?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, again, big snowstorm, major winter storm affecting much of Minnesota on Wednesday. That's December 23rd. I think as a snowstorm in and of itself, it's not... That big of a deal. We're talking about, you know, kind of in the heart of it, five to ten inches, maybe some higher totals in far northern Minnesota. But what's going to make it kind of nasty is the the winds and the falling temperatures. And when you combine that snow with the strong winds and the falling temperatures, you've got a blizzard condition situation out, at least in open parts of the state. And some of those nasty conditions could work into the Twin Cities. Again, right now, I think Twin Cities looks more likely to get, you know, a couple few inches of snow with the really heavy stuff just off to the north and west. But that that could change. It's a complicated system, and I wouldn't be surprised if everything kind of shifted east by 50 miles from, from where we had thought, and that the Twin Cities ends up under the heavy snow. That would certainly also place at Duluth and the kind of snow belt off of the higher terrain off of Lake Superior in the heaviest snow. And in a lot of ways, that, that does make some sense because they, they always tend to hit the bullseye. So big winter storm covering much of Minnesota on Wednesday. Then it's just cold for Thursday and we recover. Christmas Day will be uh, kind of back to near normal for temperatures and there won't be any real nasty weather uh, for at least a few days after that.
0: So if you are traveling, be sure to be aware of the changing weather conditions. You might see some limited visibility, actually some whiteout conditions in certain areas. And of course, those plunging temperatures and uh, blistering winds are going to create some uh, potentially dangerous wind chills. So be sure and be careful as you celebrate the holidays uh, such as you can in this year of 2020.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it might be a little bit of a blessing that people are not entirely, but a little bit more than normal staying put, uh, this holiday season. I think in a typical year, this Wednesday would be a massive travel day. I mean, the day before Christmas Eve and right. you have people all over the roads of Minnesota. I think the roads will have some activity on that. And that's going to be a problem. If you are going out, I would say, know your vehicle, know your roads, and uh, and have some supplies in case you spin off and end up spin out and end up in a ditch it's going to be dangerous if you have to leave your vehicles so just a heads up there's about a 12 hour window where things are going to be really nasty with the snow combined with the winds and then after that it's just going to be you know windy and cold but the winds will eventually subside so just you know if you got to travel make sure you've uh, got the supplies to ensure success
0: Well, enjoy the holidays. Enjoy the snow and the cold and embrace winter. And uh, yeah, be sure and stay safe. And uh, Kenny, we will check in with you next week and do a debriefing on this, uh, this winter storm.
1: Yeah, and we can look ahead and see what the first days of 2021 hold for us meteorologically.
0: Excellent. Well, Kenny, happy holidays. Stay safe. And we'll check in with you next week. Thanks, Jim. Good talking with you.